Welcome to episode 22 of Australian Design Radio, to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn Tracy, and with me on the show, as always, is Mr. Matt Leach. In this episode, we spoke with Justin Smith, creative director and co-founder of Studio End of Work. We spoke about us as a design industry here in Australia, free pitching, the value of design, and loving what we do and being inspired to come to work. Justin also shared a personal experience with getting some particularly bad news and finding ways to turn that into a positive. We really hope you enjoy this episode of ADR. I think even for advertising, their budgets aren't what they used to be. I'm not sure if it's about... It's about us as an industry realising our potential rather than how we act now. Hmm. I mean, at the moment, it's dog-eat-dog, undercut each other, you know, people-free pitch... All this type of thing that's been going, it's been going on forever. It's nothing new, mm. but it's if you know, if you said to a lawyer, "I, I can get a better price down the road," you, the, you wouldn't even have that conversation. It wouldn't even be considered, mm. and that's because there's a general acceptance in their industry that this is what we're worth and this is what we charge. And yes, you are going to get reamed. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, don't get me started on lawyers, but um, yeah, I just think. As an industry, we need to do it. And it's not an association doing it. It's, yeah. it's going to come over time, over generations coming forward and realising. And I think that's why the movement to design thinking is going to be much more powerful because we're making organisational changes. We're making changes to a business in its direction, its positioning, all sorts of things rather than application things that we've always been focused on. We've got industries for graphic design or for digital design, but maybe taking bigger step to thinking about how can design solve real problems in the world Mm. and that can be for a commercial benefit or it could be for a non-profit benefit or it could be for environmental concerns or the way we you know walk or travel to work and think about it like that that's what design is now today i think it's way more powerful than it's ever been it just your question is how do we charge more well that's going to come over time. I don't yeah. think it's going to come by telling clients this is what the price is. It's got to be come by seeing the worth, the worth of what design can do. And that's what we do, always trying to show the worth of what we can do. And mm. that's going to be through relationships. That's simply... And and that's become real. I know a lot of people have been talking to me about this idea of like, you know, back in the, in the print age, you you had some worth in what you'd created because you created an artifact of some sort and now in the digital age especially they bring in social campaigns and all the rest of it Mm. it's really hard to show the client what it is that actually happened Mm. you know that's what post-it notes are for yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you can really i think i actually think the opposite i think it's actually more measurable now because our digital clients we can show engagement we can show conversions um, we can show, uh, you know, the effectiveness of a campaign or a piece of design work, um, whereas a piece of print we used to be out there or an ad, you know, you didn't really know if that mm. was the piece that was working or was it the PR or was it the marketing objectives or was it the event you run, mm. whereas now you can measure exactly the reaction on that piece of digital, you know, social yep. application that you do. I So I think you, it's actually more to our power now that we can measure. Do you think designers should be doing that or do you think we should be externalising that? Well, I think it should be part of your whole remit to know about it, to know about your design. Yeah, I definitely think... I don't think a designer... I mean, it should be someone who's in optimization and somebody who's a specialist in yeah. that in an organisation or somebody you partner with um, or you can do it ourselves. We do it ourselves, but, 
you should have that evidence to show a client. You want to show the power of what you're thinking is is completed. I mm-hmm. think, and I think before you know, I started out in corporate world and you know, designing those crappy annual reports and things. And there's no measurable um, effect on those type of things. But these mm-hmm. days, we're about getting measurable effects and I think digital has allowed us to do that I think yeah I think that's awesome now that we can do that and going back a little bit to mm. um, what we were talking about at the start we were talking about kind of the industry charging more or having a bit more of a standard kind of non-undercutting kind of culture yes or community um, do you think we're going more towards that or do you think we're going more away from I that I think we're exactly the same as where we've always been do you think been? we're just yeah. floating yeah, yeah. you got you, you, yeah I think I think so I mean I, that is our continual problem is yeah lowering estimates mm. and I don't you know I, I refer to the lawyer again I, yeah. I can't imagine you ringing them up and saying oh I just got these fees and how about you lower them so it, it seems <laughs> to be yeah, it seems to be accepted I'm going to be returning like yeah. this be returned business <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got a lot of crimes I, that I I'm haven't seen any do. great change in it um, yeah. I've just probably my first half of my career was as a creative director working for a uh, you know, large studios where it wasn't a big of my concern, whereas now the last seven years only my own business, it's a concern. Yeah. So I would say in the tenure I've had, it's exactly the same. It's mm. but it's this uneducated people starting a business, mm. and it's people are prepared to go lower just to get the job, and really you're getting the job to work the same amount of hours for less money, and that mm. that feels ludicrous. I yeah. mean, I, I can't imagine any other business. Yeah. Saying that this is good practice, yeah. but it seems yeah. to be good practice with us. Oh no, right. but you enjoy designing, so yeah. Well, that that is that is a fundamental problem for designers. Yeah. I love it, you know. Oh, let's take that job, you know. <laughs> I really want to do that. I want to work um, yeah. an extra twelve hours for free on that. Well, that's our mentality. That that's because we love what we do, yeah. and that's the problem as well. So you've got to sort of wear these two hats. <laughs> so I need to make money out of this, and also I'm doing a disadvantage to the rest of us yeah. by doing that. Really, and that's what we don't get. I don't think. Yeah, we don't. We don't realise we're doing a disadvantage to every single other studio out there by being like that. You know, mm. if you want to put more hours in, but at least charge the right price. You know what I mean? mm. Yeah. So, yeah. what about? Um, it, it was in the in the news a couple of weeks ago about Pentagram doing that um, job that where they're kind of asking for pictures from. Oh, do you remember where it was? It was in Middle East somewhere. It's going to be in the show notes. It'll be awesome. Uh, and and basically saying, hey, look, you know, if you'd like to come up with like an identity for this, uh, it'll it'll we'll be we'll use it, and then we'll also send you to London, and you can come work with us for ten days to make sure the brand. Yeah, it was for an airport or a museum or it was something. It's a museum. A yeah. museum, right? Yeah. Okay. And it was like Qatar or Qatar. Yeah, or that's something. it. Yeah. Was it Qatar? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, it was Qatar, and it was yeah like a a week interning paid it was 10 10 days 10 days got sent over for two weeks and they said 10 days working and then um the rest of the time you can do whatever you like and it's just to me you could design some logos for free in spare time (laughs) but it was just to me it was like not only you give away the identity for free but then you're also going working for 10 days sort of thing in in someone else's office so i don't know it just and for a company such as that i was like wow i guess they are paying for the airfare to fly you there i suppose that's their payment Yeah. yeah but yeah I don't really agree with that, but yeah. I don't know the story. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So let's talk more about you and mm-hmm. your career, because you mentioned before, like the sort of first chapter of your your mm-hmm. career. So obviously, I I knew you early, well, very early on in my career, mm-hmm. um, and I was your junior designer for a while. Mm-hmm. And 
you then left Australia. You still like me, so that's good. I still like you. <laughs> Even so, I was telling Flynn earlier, I remember you throwing a, a tight book at my head and saying, learn letting, leech. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? Probably probably right. <laughs> you should hit him a little bit harder. Yeah, I've seen yeah, him. Yeah. I've seen still his alive, tight. isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you left the country because of Matt? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So what was London like, though? Because you, you went over there and worked in... Yeah. Well, I had a great time. Yeah, fantastic studios. It's a fantastic design scene. I think they're much more com- combined as a unit than we are here in Australia. I would say I've done better work in Australia than I have done in the UK. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion because I think here you get a lot more freedom, a lot more chance, and people might disagree with me and be shocked that I say that. But I think as a majority the Australian design scene is very strong there is brilliant designers and brilliant design studios in London that I've worked for and there's many others that I haven't but as a majority I think we're producing great work here and Mm. I, I think you know I always had the vision that you know you had to travel overseas and that's where the good stuff was the grass grass is always greener because you're looking you know when I we didn't have the internet wasn't it was only just starting up when yeah. I started out. You looked at design annuals, DNAD, Graphis, all these books, and all the work was from the UK or the States. Yeah. And States didn't really interest me, so the UK interests me, and I thought that's where all the good work was being done. So that's why I headed off there and t- to really learn and to learn from these great um, creative directors over there. And, and I, yeah, I did. I, I would say I have learned more in the UK than I did in Australia. Right. Mm. Definitely in the studios because... It's to a scale that we can't. We can only imagine. We might have four jobs here a year or something of these large branding scale projects or large signage or environmental yeah. projects, and you're working all through Europe. You know, you're on a train down to Paris all the time, and you know, sounds glamorous, but it's you. You have a lot more opportunity there, so you do learn a lot more, and you have larger teams, and there's always a specialty to everything. That's what I disliked, but you do learn a lot by mm. that. So there's a specialty. So if you're a brand designer that's all you're going to do if you're a packaging designer that's all you're going to do if you're um, in a digital designer that's all you're going to do and you're going to be all part of a bigger team and Mm. you do get great results that way but there's a lot of hard work you know as I found when I was at the top of controlling the creative output with that many teams Mm. was what I love about Australia is a designer gets to do all that yeah Yeah. and sometimes if it's not your specialty that's where you do your best work Mm. the first time you do something that is the time you're going to research it. You're going to do the best job you've ever done. And that's when you really be playful and, and be creative, I think. Yeah. And that's where I think we've got a little advantage here uh, of being able to do that. They don't have the opportunity to do that. I'm sure if they had that opportunity, there would be even better stuff coming from there. And mm, don't get right. me wrong, there's some awesome stuff coming from, you know, the stuff that I work for. But I learnt, you know, my career, I owe it to the UK, really. I mean, so they, they taught me how to be... a a businessman as well and, and mm. present well and, you know, being able to relate to clients and mm. all that sort of element. So, you're talking about when, you know, around that time you felt that you needed to you needed to go over there, essentially learn more about the craft or get to the next level. Do you feel like you brought, the idea is that you've kind of brought those learnings back? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That would, that, the, the, the goal was, oh, you know, I'm a Gemini, I lose interest. I'm going to lose interest in this interview about halfway through. We've got another 15 minutes of goodness. <laughs> I, have, I have a short attention span, so I'm okay. always seeking something new. I am always want something new. Right. Um, and I think 
it's just exciting. It's just to travel. I think travel makes you a better person as well, and yeah. it makes you better in your work and makes you better in your social life. And yeah, I went there to improve my craft, improve you know these guys doing these brilliant ideas. You know, I want to learn from learn from that. And I guess yeah, I, I looked at the the best and the worst of what I saw there because mm. there's a lot of bad stuff as well. And bring that back to here, and that's what mm. End of Work is—a combination of all that, plus my two brilliant business partners, uh, Goran and Geordie. Uh, our combination with the stuff that I've learned from London—that's that's what, yeah, exactly. That's what I brought back here. I, do, I remember when you got back and you were talking about this this idea that you had, and you mm. had very specific ideas about how you were going to tackle it, and mm. almost a, a slightly specialist. I think at, mm. the, at the start you wanted to be quite specialist in a particular area, but I always remember what you talked about—the name. Like end of work. So, can you explain where that came from? Well, the end of work, it comes from, oh, if you picture yourself in traffic, you know, you're on the freeway, you feel blocked, you feel frustrated, that feeling of not getting anywhere, you know, you feel really agitated. By the time you get down that freeway, you've been going bumper to bumper, you always see a sign at the end of that point, and it's usually from construction, and it says end of work. From that point on, the traffic, for some reason, moves. You've got wind in your hair, you feel good, and you feel happy again. And really, that's what we try to do for companies, is give them that clear vision, that momentum going forward. Mm. And that's where that name comes from, simply from that sign. I think originally we saw the sign and liked it. Right. And Geordie had found this sign, and we, he really liked, we really liked it. And then we sort of brought this message into how what we do for clients is about giving them that strategic vision and giving them that path to go forward and and the power in the car to deliver it. And that's when mm. it all comes back to that end of work sign, yeah. Mm. It's not just about having beers at the end of the day. Well, that's good. But <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, it could yeah. be misinterpreted that way, yeah, I think. it could be. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, well, uh, that's the first question we get in any client presentation. Yeah, you guys going to knock off at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon <laughs> yeah, and not right. do our work anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's why it's always good to have a story, and that's our story. And that's our sort of our proposition, I, w- I would I would say. And I guess you get asked a lot. We get asked every new client and it gives us a story and you always got to have a story when you start a presentation or, and Mm. that's our, usually our starter is talking about the name and Mm. because it's really, you know, it's our proposition, our positioning and Mm. where we we go. Hmm. So that's, how many years ago was that that you you got That was about six years, six years, yeah. And the business has changed a little bit over that time, hasn't it? Because you you have, you've grown pretty significantly. Yeah, well, we've, we've gone up and down. I think it started with me and Goran, uh, and that was just the two of us. Uh, we started out in a little studio in North Sydney in a little shared office suite down there. And now we've got a office with, you know, I think 32 seats in um, Redfern. But we we never set out to be big, and we're not big. We, we go up and down in size. We're only a, a really small core team that bring in freelancers on long-term contracts. I use that model because of what the learnings in London. I'll get back mm. to that. I think it was about keeping the right size. And I think, you know, if I think back to back in the days when I, when, when Geordie and I did um, Sagmeister's poster, he did a tour about yeah. 10, 15 years ago. We just recently did the, the new one you now. did the next one as well, which yeah, is we did cool. the, Yeah, they wanted us to do the next one, which I've was good. I've got questions good about that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Everyone has. Um, I, I remember having, well, after we did his posters, they took us out to lunch with him and he was talking about the size of his studio I was asking about because mm. he's only small it's only him and a, another guy at that stage and maybe one other and you know I'm always interested to see how other studios and he talked about well if I wanted to be a manager I would be a manager of you know 
investment bankers. You know, if I've got a whole team of being a manager, you may as well make some real serious money and be yeah. a team of um, investment mm. bankers. If I want to do design, I want to be doing the design or be around yeah. doing the design. And it didn't really hit me till I was in London working for 100, 120 people in a business at Conran. And I found myself in a place where I was a, I was a manager. Mm. And I was doing good work. Was I doing great work? I don't think so. I'm doing better work now. I'm doing better work in Australia beforehand. And I realised at that point, I'm a manager of a bunch of designers who can be the worst brats in the world, can't they? You know, so and they can also be the most inspiring people. But yeah, so at that point, I there was a you know I knew there was a change on the change on the horizon, and I think and that's why the size of the studio is. We want to keep it small. Yep. We want to have control on the product. We want to have control with talking with the clients, being in a relation with the clients. We don't want other people and people dealing with the clients. That's As a core team, we want to um, be dealing with the client because we believe it's all about relationships and yep. that's how you build a good business. So far for us is on relationships. I don't think we've ever advertised or done a piece of promotional work yet. Every piece of work we do, that's the next piece of work that will get us the next job mm. so every job's got to be the best of our ability to make mm. that effective and also creatively exciting for us and for the client mm. so the relationship is important and the way you keep good relationships is don't be too big i think right okay that's my personal opinion i think the larger you are the more you need staff and the more you need to entrust in you know this just needs to be good watering down and there, there, yeah. there it goes you know and and you know i went through the recession in london it's the most horrible experience in my career of seeing you know people daily being retrenched yeah down to a size from you know in the hundreds to 30 people wow over a short amount of time and it's a very i i never want my business to be in that position yes we'll go up and down so i've purposely uh, avoided that by the model that we use and the model that we use is we're a small team and we bring long-term contractors as i mentioned and we rent space to people that are relevant to our business right okay so we have architects digital people that work with us they're not just there to share space but we work together on projects but they Rent they, that space from from, they rent that space from us. Yeah, yeah, they've got their own businesses. Great. But when we bring in a project, we try to do a project where we have a collaboration with those people. So that's the sort of different model. That's yeah. what I had back when I first saw you six years ago. That's what I was talking about. I can see this model. Yeah. I, I don't think it's anything, you know, groundbreaking. I think there's other people doing it, but it's about getting, rather than just renting space, getting the right people in there. Yeah. I think that's what we're doing there, yeah. I mean, the, the whole work hub... Um, kind of environment has really taken off hmm. but it's it's normally just focused on the kind of the work hub and you know what happens in there is kind of up to everyone but it feels like you're taking more control in the sense of you're creating a space that actually people can really thrive in that's, so. that's what we're trying to do mm. and they can ask us they get a project in we come in with them it's under their banner maybe yeah. um usually it's under ours that's the way we work it but you know whichever way it goes and i think it's productive and it's about being aligned with people that you are inspired by mm. people that you trust and people that are going to add value to your business so mm. just picking up on that geordie and goz mm. yep you've known for 
Yeah. Well, ever since I've known you, you've yeah. known them. I would, yeah, I would know them for 25 years. Yeah. Wow. Cause, and so 20, you went 20 to, years, mate. You went to school, design school with Geordie. Yeah, Geordie and I went to design school. We were always going to set up a design business in this aspiration thing that you say when you're a student, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and then we went away and 15 <laughs> years apart from each other, be, being competitive creative directors around town. And then Goran also, he worked at Billy Blue. Yep. Who, um you know, so we worked together for a number of years and, you know, I, I kind of make a lot of promises to people. <laughs> so, you know, I would have promised to Geordie, we're going to have a business and Goran to And then at the right time, at the right stage, it came together and Goran and I started for a number of years and then we brought Geordie in. He was always going to be, you know, and they're both brilliant, brilliant guys in their own right for what they do. Yeah. And that's why we're a good combination, all different skills. And I think it's important to have partners that are all different skills. Mm who bring the party and you know your sort of different roles mm, mm. so I feel like I'm hogging on the question no go for it you go <laughs> for it <clears throat> I guess I, I wanted to talk about so that's that's kind of chapter two yep. I guess coming back well, and kind of yep. opening opening your own studio and really and seeing that well for, from an outsider seeing that studio really grow really quickly <clears throat> chapter three Mm-hmm. Is there a chapter three now? Because well, you've well, diversified I, quite. Well, I think there's more to chapter. I think I think you, you know it's like I would. You want to talk about how you start a business? You, know, you wanted to talk about this. Um, I guess. I guess the chap. You know, if you think about um, yourselves, you know what I always talk to students about when they always, one of the questions they always talk about. You know, how do I start a job or how do I get a how do I start a business you know yeah. I mm. get calls all the time and, you, and I always say to them um, you know there's a great talk by um, Connor Neal I don't know if you know it's Connor Neal um, but he's a really great presenter and he talks about betting on yourself right right and this whole thing is say say if I said to you two guys who would you bet on okay you both got to give me a thousand dollars and I guarantee I'll give you ten percent of somebody you pick's wage. It's got to be someone in your circle, someone you know, someone in your phone dial, someone in your Facebook things. Hmm. Start to think about who that person was. $1,000 and you only get to pick one person and you get 10% of their salary for the rest of your life. Right. You'd think about it pretty considered, wouldn't you? You'd think about this is going to be your lifetime salary, hmm. this 10%. You got, you've got a thought of who you would bet on in your... I just started deleting people from my Facebook yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> list, actually. So I think, well, I think it, it probably has to, well, if, if it's yourself, then you get your own salary plus the 10%. No, no, this is it. This is the salary. This is the 10%. You only get this 10% of that person's salary. You've got to think about it in your right. head, right? right? So this is something that Warren Buffett, you know who Warren Buffett is, worth $60 billion, so yeah. he's a pretty smart fella. Yep, yeah, yeah. He talks about this with MBAs, you know, you betting on people all the time and so you would have a look at a criteria wouldn't you mm. Connor Neal talks about you would look at a criteria mm. how you make a selection because you've got a lot of you probably get it down to I could I can get mine down to about five of my <laughs> mates that I would probably yeah. bet on the rest of probably yeah. there's a lot of people I could cut yeah, pretty I tell quick. straight away <laughs> yeah. Yeah. thinking about that you would start to have a criteria wouldn't yeah. you yeah. about who you're sure. going to choose yeah. so I'll tell you Warren Buffett's criteria his second most popular thing that he talks about is energy so yep. we look for how much energy they got what's their wor- well-being what sort of acumen are they going to bring to life hmm. you know if they 
because you need to know they're going to last the time, don't you? Because you've just got a ten percent. So I guess if so, so in this situation, if their salary goes back down, they quit, they throw in the towel or something. You you get ten percent of nothing. Is that the case? Oh, it could be. Yeah. yeah. So you got to make your yeah you got to make your selection really right. strong. Okay. You know? <laughs> the third one is the third one is I love in, hypothetical intelligence right. intelligence. So you think about yeah. intelligence, and that's just not about smart, yeah. that's a, yeah. Well, it's about smart, but it's about um, adaptive intelligence. Yeah. It's how they're going to adapt in life because. You've got to go a long time and long distance in that mm. time. Yeah. The third one he talks about is integrity. And this is the most important one that I can really relate to. And that's mm. about how many times you say no. How many times you say no in life, I won't do that. Not enough. In our last yeah. episode, we were just talking about how Matt says yes to everything. <laughs> well, so Matt's no, out no, of mind. Most people are yes. Well, if you say yes all the time, you're you're in control of somebody somebody else is controlling your destiny and yeah. you're just doing what they say but no you're sort of guiding your own destiny right talks about that hmm. so that's warren buffett's criteria to do that so i always say to students what if i told you for the rest of your life 100 percent, you could get that person's salary you could get on get someone's salary right you'd go for it wouldn't you hmm. over the 10 percent, and that's exactly about betting on yourself hmm. and that's what starting a business is about is about betting on yourself 100%, using your integrity, saying no when you don't want to do a project or mm. you don't doesn't feel right in your gut, mm. having energy within your business, showing that energy, flowing with it, you know, having that, getting up in the morning, you know, I can guarantee you that I get up every morning and I love coming to work. Mm. Now I'm at the end of work. Mm. I can guarantee you at Conran and Landor and all the other ones I work for mm. overseas, you know, it was a chore. I wasn't inspired to come into work as, as I am now, and that's mm. about energy. And the last one's intelligence. We hope we're all adaptive intelligence. So I, I really like that um, Connor Neal's speech about that and analogy, mm. and it really says what I think starting a business and the, those sort of decisions you, you have to make. Mm. Mm. We'll have to yes. get that for the show notes. That sounds yeah, sounds like a good one to watch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's really good. I, I, I loved it. What was the question? No, it was so, the third so, life, wasn't so it? So chapter yeah, three. Third life. tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's great. Good tangent to go on. So, yeah, so is, is there a chapter three? Uh, I think, well, where, where I'm at now is I, I have uh, three businesses. Mm. I have End of Work, which is a core consultancy business, which is my core, you know, focus really, yep. core business, or you have should have a focus on every business. And I guess, the, you know, I, I, I've got this, you know, this aspiration to always be doing something different. And something that adds value to end of work. Yeah. So we have a business called Get Commando Fit. Um, Goran and Geordie were all investors in, in this business. Mm. Uh, it started with a client, the, the commando of The Biggest Loser. Yeah. And it's an f- online fitness platform. So thousands of fitness uh, fanatics and wannabe weight loss people um, log into this portal every day. You pay $199, you get 13-week course, you get nutrition meals, you get... Um, workouts each day you get motivational talks I mean there's thousands and thousands of videos and photographs and whole piece in, in this so we are 50% owners in that business wow. um, we built that business and I guess Alan Kay had this quote that Steve Jobs made prominent which he says people who are serious about software should make their own hardware mm. and that's I kind of I really like that quote because it's what we do we started that business not only just to have a different revenue coming from uh, a completely different business than from a design consultancy, but we use our design skills and our marketing skills and our advertising skills and everything 
to you to run that get commando fit business but it in turn educates us for end of work i can tell you there's nothing like you know making sure you're getting the numbers making sure you're getting uh you know we sit in meetings now about cost per acquisition mm. clicks per rates all these yeah. elements mm. that you know if i think back to my first life when you talk about as a creative director i was giving advice to clients mm. But I hadn't. I have no clue what it really is to have skin in the game. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know, to really know that that decision and that advice you're getting on that brand strategy or that piece of uh, communication, mm. well, we got skin in the game here. Every every decision we make, a design thinking decision that we make, is going to affect our bottom line, mm. and that in turn educates us so we can educate other clients. So that's really interesting for us. So we've mm. got this multiple businesses where we're crazy. We never sleep, but one is teaching the other and the other one is teaching the other one. So that's really important. People often say to us, well, why the hell are you doing a fitness business? <laughs> you know, but there is relevance. Have you seen yeah. our staff? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> As I pick up this car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I think there's, you know, I'm always interested in, you know, I've always been um, uh, interested in investing in chairs and, and in business, yeah. I've always had a you know, personal interest in it, and I think you've got to have an interest in business to start a studio or mm. a business. Otherwise, you're just employing yourself. You, you're just yeah. starting a business to employ yourself. I think you want to grow something, and you mm. want to create something to create a life for yourself, or you want to create income that's um, going to grow. And hopefully, there's an exit strategy. And so mm. something like that, though, does that stop you from being able to work with other kind of fitness providers or probably yeah 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 it would yeah so i guess I, you have I to be don't think it's that big a not many of us knocking on our doors it wasn't a um i mean he's not like he, he launched a, book, a bank or something yeah, yeah that's can't, right. can't work for the big no, ones yeah, well, if we launched a bank i wouldn't be here talking no, that's, to you that's true. <laughs> i like to think that maybe you would have given up the time yeah <laughs> we'd, we'd probably be joining you on a, on a jet first class oh, that'd be nice. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I, I, guess, I guess we use the revenue from this to invest in further to think, mm. you know, can we yeah. um, do things like that? And then it's, a, it's a beautiful, um, I, I was looked at all the, the site and everything and mm. it's really like right down to the icons. It's kind of like really, really smart. Like just yeah. even those icons, I was like, oh, wow, they're, they're pretty cool. Mm. But well, it's so, designed for to be effective. Yeah. You see, uh, I don't, I, you know. I don't think it's going to win design awards, but it, it's designed to be effective. And, mm. and that's through, and that's where I say that our learning is coming through testing, you know, user testing and all mm. that um, is, you know, you move a button here, changes, you know, all these digital guys, they know this, but we know this world now. Yeah. We've, mm. we've gone and started a business. It's like, I remember the Moffat boys started that um, magazine and then they started to get fashion clients and things. Yeah. That's mm. same thinking brilliant idea so they can get mm. their core business you know obviously i think that's the way that that, that worked and then gives them they got something to show and you've got mm. something to talk about that mm. i think that's really smart for a design studio to think like that so what about this third business because you said there's a third one well the third one is in its embryo mm. and it's only just me it's my my own personal business and that's um, called the online chairman uh, okay and that's about you know when what I don't know why I'm sort of the guy that everyone rings, but, um, you know, Chris Doyle, Jamie Mitchell, they've all got nice, great, really great young yeah. businesses now. And, you know, we've had conversations when they make, ring a phone call to ask something about business. And, and I really saw that there was a, 
uh, um, I mean, there's lots of guys doing it, I think, but a niche to show an education on starting a business, all the different things, outsourcing. I mean, mm. we use, um, you know, it's outsourcing services, like we use the Philippines and different things. Like, yeah. You know, but that's a daunting task to go find that yourself. Mm. So this site's all about education. It's, you know, so you can buy education tutorials and elements on about how to set up a creative business or an online business. Right. And all the tips and skills and the learnings that I've learned through that, it'll Fantastic. be done in modules. So um, I think it's Udemy and those type of edu- online educations, mm. and, you know, cool. much like, you know, Tractor and things where you do it in person, this is um, going to be online yeah. element. So mm. I thought I could maybe, you know, put yeah. my skills out to the wider world, not just here and, and, and yeah, we'll see what happens. So. It's a great idea. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's excellent. And you'll obviously learn a lot going through that, that process exactly. like you do Ex- when you're teaching anybody. Exactly. You become and a master of the topic. I think that's why you, you do this. I mean, that's why we're all sitting in this room because we love what we're doing and we're learning. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not learning, if you, you know, there is people that come to work nine to five and just do the same job and don't, don't learn a thing and they're quite happy with that. Mm. You know, I'll be bored by 10 a.m. You, know, yeah. you, need, you need, and that's what it's about. That's, a, that's what great creatives are is about learning and changing and moving and using your skills and that's what I'm so excited about mm. design now where you can take you now mm. you know I think it's can take you away more now with the technology that we've got than it ever has before I, I was, think that's listening to the editor of um, Wired um, and someone asked him a question about what what's a, the one skill that people need to have in order to you know prosper in the future and he said just the ability to learn. He said just, you know, that's the mm. one thing because anything you learn now is going to be, you know, we won't be using that thing in, in 10 years' time. And then in, you know, 10 years' time, you won't be using the next thing you learn in five years' time and the next thing in two years. And so you have to love learning and you have to just be excited about doing it and accept that some stuff that you learn will be dumped. And it's, I just, that really made an impact to me. I was like, wow, that's just kind of... That's what our kids are going into, and so yeah. true. Our yeah. kids are just, you know, it's going to be mind blowing what they're going to be learning, mm. and then they they finish that, and then they need to learn again. Yeah, that's great. I think that's fantastic. But you've got to have the right mentality for that. I think mm. it's hard for education though, because it's just because yeah. you're, you're, yeah. you're you're in a certain space where you're looking at like two years, three years time, trying to guess what will what will be happening. I think that was easier in the past because things didn't move quite as quickly. And you can learn from anywhere now. Mm. Mm. This is the key. But you've got to make sure you're learning the right stuff as well. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah and um, you're listening to the right people. I yeah. Mean, that's the main thing. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of bad advice out there. Yeah. yeah. It's ubiquitous. <laughs> you know? um, we spoke a little bit earlier about, and we kind of touched on it there, but I just want to make sure we made it into the episode. We were talking about learning business skills as a student. Mm-hmm. Because we were having a bit of an education conversation, mm-hmm. you know, I think we'll we're talking originally, Matt, you're talking about that potentially being part of, you know, accredited course or something yeah, that you like teach a as a student, or something, but yeah. then you had some thoughts on that as well. I, I, I question whether, you know, if you're talking about a design student, whether they need to learn business skills. I mean, mm. I, I think you've got to learn design and the power of design. If you've chosen design, you want to learn mm. the power of design. Mm. And I think there can be some elements of learning business, but I think if a designer is doing the books... Yeah, you know, we, you've got pro- we've got problems, problems, and it's not you're not utilizing your skills mm. to what you need to, and you need to learn the power of design and what it can do for you in a career or as a, if you take it on as a business, rather than just learning about business. I think 
that comes from having a go. Yeah. yeah. And also, it comes from aligning yourselves with the right people and the right partners. And they don't have to be a partner in your business. They'd be partners such as accountants, mm. lawyers, you know, all the... Align yourself and learn from people that know those skills. I think that, that's why I, I think you need to have some business sense, and I yeah. think that comes from your soul, not mm. something that someone can put onto you. I, I, I'm in two minds about teaching design students business skills. Yeah. I think they should go to a business school to mm. learn business if they're going to learn right. business, or do it do it through mistakes. Right. I think I think it's figure that it out. Of, figure it out the hard way. Fi- yeah, figure it out the hard way, like I did. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. the idea of quoting though, or you know how how to invoice or all that kind of stuff, and and how to kind of price yourself appropriately. I think mm. the big thing where this came from is is from a big sort of meeting of of a whole bunch of industry creative directors, and and the one thing they were all saying is that they felt the junior designers need to understand business a little bit better. Everything from cash flows, overheads, to also how to how to quote an invoice, and um, and the one thing I keep on hearing from students is is that they just don't have any idea how to how to quote a price, hmm. so they end up going for like you know oh, ten dollars an hour or something, and it's like Whoa, you know what well, what are you hmm. even thinking? Hmm. A, and Andy Hoyne was really vocal on this. It's just very much like you were saying at the start is if if we allow people to think that that's okay to do and that free pitching is okay to do, hmm. uh, then it, it it inevitably hurts the build and the business really. really. I, I totally agree with that. If, if these students are going straight out and starting with clients mm. they need some sort of education mm. i question whether it's the design should be educating them on that yeah yeah and yeah. you should be going elsewhere to somebody who you know because well, you're in the end you're going to have um well it depends who they have i suppose if you've got a business lecturer teaching that those skills it's you justin sorry yeah it was not me it shouldn't be me <laughs> <laughs> definitely not me i'm going to ask you as soon as no, the course. episode is over <laughs> We're leading towards something for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, that's that would be. Yeah, if it is a business lecturer, I, I I worry about you know creative directors teaching those sort yeah. of skills. That's yeah, that's yeah, all. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, if you unless, if they're business owners, yeah, sure. And yeah. I think I think the point you said before, which is really valid, is is there is so much to learn and design anyway, mm. and it's just you know inevitably if something has to come in, something has to go out. Mm. I yeah, think, I think they should yeah. learn that the the power of design and that that is worth mm. and it's worth. Yeah, definitely should be educated in them. I, I thought we were more talking about doing the books and doing all that sort of stuff, yeah. which you can learn, and if that's what you, if that's what your aspiration is, but I think you should be using the power of design, and if the power of design is doing it by application, using your hands to do do great design, or whether it's strategic, mm. whatever you avenue you choose, use that. That that's going to be way more powerful for our industry. Mm but charging accordingly you, you need to know the value of it but mm. um, yeah I say get a good partner who, who can give them the um, estimate with, it, with, mm. a, with a smile mm. I remember when I first started my own ABN was invoicing people and everything mm. um, started using online software you know one of the famous ones mm-hmm. and I thought right I'm going to have to figure out how to use this but all the video tutorials everything online all the forums everyone that was using it was talking about the usability of how things work. But my issue was far more 
basic than that. Mm. And I was trying to work out, yeah, I know how to do this and do the accounts receivable. I just have no idea what accounts receivable means. (laughs) So, I had to go back and back and back in time because I didn't have any of that foundation stuff. So, I thought I'll be able to figure this out. Six years later. Yeah. I had a a beard and everything by the time I figured this thing out. Yeah. But I didn't because I didn't have the basics. So, I could figure out all the internet Mm. stuff. I was like, yeah, I get that. But how do I reimburse myself for something I paid for if the to, what mm. and the whole thing was incredibly confusing yeah. it took me re- at least a year to figure mm. it out mm. well you, uh, my advice would be you, you go to an accountant you make yeah. that accountant my accountant is my best friend yeah you know honestly you want to align yourself with an accountant that is your best friend because they are going to be your saviour did you know what I learned after a year what get an accountant yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got, I mean got, I think, I think it's the you know that's the sort of education is yeah. get the right Get the right people. You know, I'll, I'll yeah. be on. I'll give you a story. I used yeah. to do when I first started out. My invoices in Illustrator. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So I'm worse than you. So no worries. <laughs> popping them out different versions yeah, different every time, versions, just yeah. one file yeah. before you realise that this wow. is not a good method for. Uh, yeah, bad that accountant. You show that to your accountant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you all learn. That's how you learn. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, and it's your money and your time and everything. So it has. Real value, yeah. And we're talking about value before. I would say I'm, not, you know, I'm not the guy to ask about accountants, and you know, yeah. My, my, in our business, Goran is the master of that sort of part of my business. Of finance, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I do what I do best, you know. And yeah. You know, he does what he does best, so that's what I w- I'm a bit wary about. I think as a designer, you've got to do, you know, you've got to wear so many hats yeah. as it is, to then be doing accountancy and mm. bookkeeping and that sort of that yeah, scares yeah, me yeah that's yeah um, no, I, understand I think that. yeah there's people you can get to do that sort of stuff but having a business acumen and knowing what your worth is definitely right cool so I want to bring us down or potentially bring us down a little bit oh good <laughs> sorry um, you were given six months to live I think I think it was one of the reasons that kick-started me to start a business was being told I was going to die. Mm. Um, I got really sick in London, and I didn't know what, didn't know what was happening. And I went and saw, you know, I remember sitting in this little white room. I'll never forget it. White room, white couch, white stool, everything completely white. You could, you know, the most sterile wow. little room I ever sat in my life. And I, you know, I had these tests done, and this doctor came in, and you know, the doctors they've got all. Uh, you know, demeanour of an old lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he sat on there and he said, you're quite sick, mate. you got, I think we've got to do something about this and um, I reckon you've got about six months to live. And wow. Because well, I had a rare condition where I have too much copper in my bloodstream. It's a hereditary thing that you right. get from your lovely mum and dad. And it was uh, destroying my, some of my organs. Not even a good mineral. Not even like gold. I didn't have yeah. a gold running through my mineral. Like <laughs> copper. <laughs> yeah, so they discovered this. It's quite rare, which actually was a, a, a positive for me in the end because I got a lot of attention. And yeah, and I had six months to find a, <clears throat> a liver transplant. Wow. So I had a liver transplant in 2008. July 14th, and I've never been better since. Wow. I remember when you when you get told you about your immortality, yeah. you pretty much think, 
what are all those stuff that I said I was going to do? Yeah. Right. <coughs> what do you think? I'll get married. I want to have kids. Yeah. I want to start a business that I've always said about. All these things run run through your mind. So I said to myself, I, if I live this through, then I'm going to start a business and, and do everything. And I did all of those, all of the above mm. and more. And... I guess there is an element in business where you have to be fearless. And I guess that moment, you can't get any worse than that. There's nothing I don't think I've been through worse. I've been through divorces. I've been through all sorts of Mm. stuff. There's nothing that can, when someone tells you, that's it. Your time is numbered. Yep. No, no, No more chances. No more chances. This is it. And I think, you know, everything is a stepping stone in your life. Mm. And I'm not glad that happened to me because it, it was pretty awful for a couple of years there, but it taught me something. It taught me fearlessness. It taught me respect. It taught me a discipline. It taught me all these elements that are relevant to me today, mm. to running a business and doing in life in general. Mm. You know, I, you know, I, I often have to watch how I am with staff about when there's a their problem because it's not a you know it's not a it's not a big problem, but it's a problem to them. Mm. Yeah, sure. You know, in the scale of things in life, you know, a, a client knocking back this thing is, it's not a big deal. We just have a conversation. Yeah. We can, that's fixable. if it's. Mm. And I think I'm a bit hard to handle sometimes as well because they've been called a disruptive character. It's because you, you know, throw through books at people's heads. Well, <laughs> it's not that I don't think, yeah, I can be a bit like that, but <laughs> not, not with, no, I'm, I, it's more... I want to do a better way. I, I, I'm, I don't care for the rule. I don't really mm. care that you can't... They've said that. Well, let's ring them up and have a conversation and, and see if we can because I think that comes from adversity. I think you once mm. you have some sort of adversity in your life, it makes you stronger. I guess that, yeah, being told I've got six months to leave, you know, I wanted to make a typeface. I wanted to do all this stuff. Mm. I haven't done any of this. You know? yeah. <laughs> all these little things that go through your mind as you go through that... I haven't, I haven't completed what I was meant to be doing on this earth, and, mm. and now I'm on a mission. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, still on the same mission. Yeah, I'm on the mission. Yeah, I like That's great. Oh, Why, you know, let's have fun. Let's uh, wake up every day and enjoy life. Yeah. That's why I wake up every day and think, "Thank fuck, I'm alive, and I get to go in and do something creative." Mm. I think we're lucky. You know, mm. I think we're really lucky at what we do, and I think it's. I think every day that I get to do this. It's, it's awesome. Hopefully I make enough money to keep it going and get on to the next thing and mm. help other people do what they do. And that's, I think that's what it's about, is about passing it on and passing on this great creative uh, world that we've got and we can share it with each other and make we can all make money and live. You know, I think that's mm. excellent. Great story. Yeah. Love that one. Thank you. For mm. that. That's all right. I didn't cry. <laughs> I almost did. <laughs> well, that takes us, I think, towards towards the end. We'll finish on that. You said it was going to be negative, but it was incredibly positive yeah, was, note that we yeah, ended on there. I turned it into a positive. Yeah. You did. T- typical justice, yeah, I, basically. I wonder, like, I was just wondering, I'm just having a chat now. We don't have to call this. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you talked about learning, going forward, and, and, and what's the next chapter, what's learning. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what you guys think about, you know, like, there's a, we live in a world of criticism now yeah you know so I, you know I got t- 
two little girls. You know, I, I worry. You know, I think criticism's good. I think, I think if we all pat ourselves on the back, it's not positive. Mm. It doesn't. You don't really achieve anything. I think it's good to have critical, critical of design, but there's almost this facelessness of critique yep. now that you know is really in debate at the moment. And I'm. But I think our kids are better at dealing with it than. Yeah, we that's are. where they've got to be more resilient yeah. than us. I think because I think I think it just a whole because I. I talk to my son about this occasionally mm. and he's he's seven, 16 now and and this idea that um you know computer games and everything he's losing all the time and he's learning from that and then he's ha- he's jumping back in um and then when you take that out into you know when he goes out and does something and someone is criticizes him it's just like oh whatever it's just like he's on to the next thing on to the next thing mm-hmm. and I think I think they're going to be better at dealing with it than we are because because for us, it wasn't so much like that. It was like you, if someone had something to say, they said it to your face. Where now they say it from behind. That's right, behind a Twitter thing or yeah, mm. yeah. You just um, I'm pretty, I think it's pretty convinced the one that keeps on criticising me is Flynn, though. Just yeah, under a different day. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I say it to your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's going to be interesting to see how things pan out with that because I worry that it's going to because being creative is putting yourself out there yeah. and really and if people have got fear to do that because of criticism um, I guess you've got to have a tough skin that's the only worry I think with that I, mean, I just hope it I want to breed great people and mm-hmm. creativity and be inspired by them rather than you know than being in a shell because they're yeah because you know, it's there is different characters that it's almost like it's it's on a knife's edge there yeah. isn't it kind of mm-hmm. in, on on one side of the knife edge you know everyone's gonna you know if you if you if you the kids walk it really tightly mm. then they're going to get through more stuff than we did and have a real much tougher s- skin mm. earlier on yeah. but they could fall over to the side and just never try anything creative or mm. that's, that's never put themselves out there that's right and, you know in the contrast to that is we're we're also in an era of the startup i mean how many mm. startups do we get come through end of work to talk with us about that yeah mm. we're always you know encouraging inspired by startups but a lot of them we actually talk them out of it <laughs> right <laughs> you know right. just through um interrogation yeah of the idea or really you, you know it, and what will you do with you know with a you know how what's the customer segment audience yeah. and you know how you're going to optimize you know yeah look at the target market yeah. who are the players yeah, yeah, all that and sort of stuff what's your five-year business plan yeah that sort and of i stuff. you know i because i lost a lot of money in the tech bubble in 2000 you know in shares i wonder if we're heading for a worse a startup bubble mm. yeah a tech bubble again i think you know mm. there's it just seems to be a lot of clients and there's these new things now called angels you know angels yes. investors we get a lot of them and you know we need them in the world to invest in new new products and new ideas mm. but i wonder how they're going to get their money back you know when it all goes to shit how mm. are they going to get their money back yeah when you yeah obviously because cause you can put the money somewhere else well i well, you know in the tech bubble i sold my shares mm how do you sell private? Who are you going to sell it to another person? You know? Yeah. Mm. So I've had a number of them. I'm just talking about the changing world that we're in mm. and the type of clients we're getting in the door. A lot of them are startups, angel investors, you call them, or private equity investors mm. investing in new ideas. You know, everyone wants an app that's going to be the next Uber or yeah, uh, Airbnb. Mm. They're two love childs of, you know, something that you know everybody's aspiring to and finding that next great kind of well money money maker i mm. guess yeah I'd, i'm interested i'd love to talk to some economist who would 
you know know about you know the tech bubble and what's mm. this the, whether we're going to be in for another one because it's going to mm. affect us all because there's going to be a massive angels and massive investors are going to be out mm. of money and What's that going to affect? The, yeah. And we're usually the last ones that suffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See it coming slowly. It's yeah, like a train, yeah, but we're tied to the tracks. I, 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 truly, I truly am worried about it. I truly yeah. Yeah. The I, And I've already brought him up. Obviously, his interview made, um, really made an impact on me. But again, the editor of Wired um, was talking about this in some sort of way. And he says, no one's considering AI. Just the c- computer intelligence, basically. And once computer mm-hmm. intelligence comes forward and you know this artificial... Intelligence. A lot of the apps that we use and that you know that are really exciting and all that stuff won't we won't need because mm. the artificial intelligence will do it for us. Mm. And he's talking about artificial intelligence being bought almost like electricity is being bought or gas is being bought. Like you'll buy it for whatever you need. Mm. Um, and it's interesting those kind of things that we just don't even see coming. Yep. It's just going to be like what? And then you know that whole side of things that we were doing just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, so. we'll be. Quoting quotes from not Steve Jobs from a robot. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hashtag one Terminated, five, six, terminated Jobs. They all they all need brands, don't they? <laughs> Steve Jobs will be back. Yeah. Robot, will be. robot Steve Jobs. <laughs> Just pushing Good people out of the way. Um, Deep throw will get you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would, he'd probably kill you. Um, there is a there is a website that's coming, and I, I just went to look it up and realized that I've turned all the Wi-Fi off so no sounds come through during the recording. <laughs> but there is a website. I've signed up to the newsletter, and I'm sure heaps of people listening to this will know what it is, and I'll put it in the show notes when I can find it. But it is an artificial intelligence website. Right. So they're building a... So it's kind of like the next next version of maybe Squarespace. So it'll be a bill for everybody and everything. Right. But you could basically input what you want, the sort of target market, different sorts of parameters, and it'll go, all right, and then wait a minute, and it'll create a website for you. And then WYSIWYG, you can just change all the stuff in it. Right. And it will adapt and learn about you and adapt as you add stuff. So it might be a gallery-based thing that's grid-based like three by three, but then as you start adding more photos, it might go oh you're adding a lot of photos this doesn't really aesthetically work or isn't user friendly let's put that into a filtering system and here are 10 different options so it's kind of is replacing the you know the sort of stuff we're talking about wow okay replacing us replacing us (laughs) thanks Lynn thanks we'll leave that on a positive note there we're all out of the job (laughs) always try to bring it back down (laughs) you're going to an island going surfing (laughs) you you took the down thing too too happy so (laughs) bring it down a level (laughs) alright well at least we're all laughing at how horribly I destroyed the show as we take this out where can people find you after after this show so Twitter and Instagram business and stuff Uh, my Twitter is at death of average um yeah, or at Studio End of Work and um, websites www.endofwork.com.au and onlinechairman.com.com. Cool. Yeah. And Matt? Uh, at Leechworth on Twitter. Still the same place. Still the same place. Makes sense. I'm at Flynn Tracy on pretty much everything. And we'd like to thank you, the loyal listener, for listening to Australian Design Radio. You can find this episode and more at australiandesignradio.simplecast.fm and you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at AUSDesignRadio. If you want to get in touch, you can just email us, Matt or Flynn, at AUSDesignRadio.com. Until then, thanks for listening. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.